top 12 rules of mastering your money. So listen up. Number one, count your money. There's so many people that go about their lives, but they don't understand how much money they have. They don't know what's in their 401k. They don't know how much life insurance they have. They don't even know how much money is in their bank account. This is a problem. Make sure you count your money because if you know your money, you will grow your money. Try to print out a list of all the statements from your credit cards and your bank account and start to itemize and understand exactly how you spend your money. If you do this, it will give you a better understanding of how your money works and it will take you so much further in your financial matters. Number two is automate your bills. Now let me make it clear that having payments is not an ideal. It's something that a lot of people have gotten used to to make it very easy to pay off what they owe. But if you can, try to eliminate all payments. If you can't, automate your bills so that it can be drafted out of your bank account and you don't have to worry about being late. When you automate your bills, make sure you keep a calendar, whether it's paper or digitally, that allows you to realize exactly when those expenses will be coming out and on what particular day. If you automate your bills and you don't know when the money is coming out, you might be in for a nice surprise. So make sure you keep a calendar system and automate your bills so you have more control of your personal finances and spending habits. Number three is stash the cash. Simply put, for every $500 you make, take $100 and put it somewhere where you can save it. Now a lot of people ask me, well Daniel, how much should I save? And the easy answer is 10%. But let me put it in another way. Find out exactly how much your cost of living is per month and begin to save according to that number. There's three levels of savings, risky, average, or conservative. If you wanna be risky, only save for one month. If you wanna be an average saver, which is okay, save for six months. But if you want to be extremely conservative, save for two years. Now the only reason why I would suggest saving for one to six months is because you want to reinvest into your business. You know that you're taking your money and using it for income producing investments and therefore allowing you to have a longer term investment which is your business. Now if you're just saving money to save money, you gotta understand that that is not gonna work. If you're just saving for emergency fund, that's a problem. You just save for an opportunity fund. Save not for a rainy day, but for a sunny day, a day of opportunity, a day of luxury, a day to enjoy the money that you worked hard for. The fourth rule to mastering your money is to create a monthly budget. Itemize that cost of living that we were talking about piece by piece so you can understand exactly where your money is going. Let's say that you found out that your budget is $5,000 per month. You spend $5,000 a month, but you give yourself some wiggle room by giving yourself 20% because maybe next month you might have to fly out to go see your family. Or maybe next month you might need to register your business or do something related to your success. Either way, it gives you the wiggle room and it allows you to adjust your budget along the way. Number five is to create an enjoyment fund. There's a lot of people that make tons of money, but they don't get the chance to enjoy it. Allocate 10% of all your income to enjoy your life. Even make a list of where that money can go. 
If you're making $5,000 a month, what is $500 that you can use? Maybe go to a football game, maybe buy yourself some clothing. These are some of the one-time costs that we were talking about before, but either way, use this money to enjoy your life. Number six, earn more. Now, if you're looking at a price tag and you're saying to yourself, this is too expensive. I can't afford these $100 shades. The problem is, is that you don't earn as much as you want to earn. And so you have to admit that. If you admit it, it will be the first step that you take to earn more money. Look around you and observe opportunities where you can hustle on the side. Maybe you have a full-time job already, but if you look on Craigslist, maybe you could flip some couches. Maybe you can sell a fish tank. Maybe you can join an MLM or some other kind of side business that can give you the supplemental income that you need. Either way, look for something that you can sell. Whether it's a product or a service, try to find something that you're uniquely gifted with that you can offer to the world. Number seven, use credit. Now there's a lot of people that will tell me, well Daniel, you don't understand. I don't wanna use credit. This person told me that I should never use credit. I should cut up all my credit cards, but wait. If you're investing in an asset, not a liability, but an asset, something that can help you build more business, build more income, then a credit card might be a suitable option for you. Never be afraid to use a credit card to start your business, but make sure that if you do use a credit card, use it responsibly. Make sure you make your payments on time. Make sure that you understand that there will be a long-term obligation if you do not make your payments. There's always consequences to using credit cards, so make sure you understand what they are and the APR rates associated with them. Number eight is to give frequently. Now, a lot of people might say, well, you know, Daniel, I give my 10%, or I give my time, and I give my energy, and I give my creativity to certain causes. But what I'm saying to you is to give in the spirit of joy. Give as if you are happy and also know where your money is going. A lot of times people tithe or give their money to churches, associations, or charities without even knowing the benefits of where their money is going. If you're giving your money away, but you don't know exactly where it's landing and how it's benefiting people, there's not gonna be any more joy associated with your giving. But if you see the smile on the faces that you produce from the money that you give, of course that's not only gonna make you happier, but it's gonna make you give in a more cheerful spirit. You don't only have to give to a specific institution, you can give to people. For instance, if you go out to a restaurant, instead of tipping $10, tip $100. If someone says they need a loan, and you believe that you can help them with that loan because they're gonna prosper even more, then give them that loan. But don't give to people or sources they're gonna squander that money. They're not gonna appreciate it. That's the worst form of giving. The other day I was talking to a woman who felt obligated to pay off her mother's $10,000 of debt. Her mother had a repayment plan that she can deal with by herself, but she wanted her daughter to chip in because she knew that her daughter had saved up some money. However, her daughter knew that that money could be used either for herself or her business so that she can benefit more people. I advise her that if she used the money on herself, or the business, not only will she profit herself and the business, but she'll be able to serve other people in return. A lot of times we feel obligated to give our money away, but we have to understand that we should not give 
based on a certain obligation, or just because we heard a sad story, or because someone is family. We should give in a cheerful manner and make sure that we give in joy, not pain. Number nine is to pay with cash. When you pay with cash, you tend to feel it more. If you pull $50 out of your wallet, you're gonna feel that more than you would if you swiped $50 on your credit card. Because money has an emotional responsibility attached with it, when you pay with cash, it allows you to realize your energy transfer to what you're paying your money toward. Keep cash in your wallet. Not only will it allow you to realize how much money you're spending, but it will give you the confidence to know that you do have money in your wallet. Number 10 is really important because it's about having faith. Maybe you might be in a dire situation and you might think, well, money's hard to come by, but don't lose faith. Realize that money can come from unexpected places at unexpected times by unexpected people. If you have faith that money will come, it will begin to trickle down your path. You should always remain constant to who you are no matter how much money you have. Even if you have $0 or $10,000, you should remain exactly who you are and start to understand that money does not control your life. In fact, you have control of money and you have to have faith that money will work for you instead of you working for money. Every single person has had negative experiences with money. Either way, make sure you understand that they are not here to stay. They're just lessons to learn along the path. So even if you made mistakes in the past, don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself a chance and have faith in your ability to correct your financial situations. Number 11 is to bless your money. Now it's easy in this world to curse the money that you have because it may not be the kind of money you believe you deserve. Let me give you a clear example of how I used to operate in my earlier days. When I would receive a certain tip from a client at a restaurant, let's say $5, I won't be happy with it. I will curse it and say, you know what, I serve these people way more and I deserve $10 instead. I would keep on cursing that money every single day and I would realize that that money would just disappear. No matter how much I earned, it would just disappear and I would spend it on things that didn't really matter at all. However, I began to bless the money that I was receiving and I began to understand that this money, no matter how much it is, is very important to my success. Throughout the months, I remember saving thousands of dollars because I took more responsibility and accountability of blessing the money that I was getting instead of cursing it. If you get a chance, Take your $1 bill or $100 bill and hold it up to the universe and ask God to bless it. Ask God to multiply it and watch the universal powers come into play when you bless your money. The 12th and final tip for mastering your money is to master your emotions. Control the way you think, feel, and act toward your money. Because money reacts to our attitudes about it, and the way we feel about our money will determine where we go financially. Never let the thought of money dominate your performance. If you're thinking about money and how much money you should be getting for a particular engagement, you'll never do a good job. But if you continue to provide value and understand that you're the same person with 
with or without money, it will allow you to get better results in return. When it comes to money, demotionalize yourself from the process of attaining it. Realize that you will get it eventually, but you have to do the work in order to satisfy the funds that you want. The only reason why you get money is because the people of the world trust you with the funds that they put onto you. Remember that most people cannot tell whether or not you have money. So always remain consistent to the person that you are, whether you have zero dollars or one million dollars. Always be the same no matter how much money you have in your bank account. More importantly, act like the person that you want to be financially. So if you want to be a millionaire or you want to be a billionaire, act as if you already have and possess that kind of money. If you act consistent to the person you want to be, eventually you will become that person financially. In summary, these are the 12 tips for mastering your money. Go through them once again and make sure you understand exactly what you can do to master your money today.